0: Love talk Radio.
1: There has been so much talk the past few weeks of a new bond that is transforming the 2015 Miami Hurricane football team. Today, we asked offensive lineman Casey McDermott to put it into words for the audience on tonight's edition of Kane Sport Live. All right, sorry about that, folks. We do have that Casey McDermott sound, um, but apparently there's some technical difficulties, so we'll continue on um, and try to bring that to you later if if we can. Um, Anyway, the regular season begins in 11 days, and in a short time, we're going to be able to find out if that brotherhood that's being talked about so much really does translate into performance. In the meantime, Coach Al Golden has taken his program underground. No depth chart was released today as expected. Golden dodged the media and raced off to a meeting after practice. Players talked about having no idea who was running first team and who was running second team. Trying to figure out what is going on inside the bubble at the U has turned into an investigation worthy of a super sleuth. But what are you going to make of Al-Qwadeen Mohammed playing quarterback during early practice defensive line drills as opposed to stepping forward with the first or second team is it possible that Muhammad has not cracked the two deep on this depth chart that is yet to be released or what do you make of offensive line coach Art Kehoe breaking the depth chart blackout by going on morning talk radio and declaring who his starters are going to be We'll try to decode everything for you tonight as CaneSport Live moves closer and closer toward the regular season. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of CaneSport.com, and we once again welcome you to the fastest two hours in hurricane sports. We'll again be on until 10 o'clock tonight, and then next Tuesday we will expand the show to three hours for the rest of the regular season. As always, it's your show It'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. Again, tonight we have 50 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. Same system as the last couple weeks. Those of you who are driving around and are unable to stream the show to either your computer or mobile devices, um, we're going to let you stay on the phone lines. Uh, as long as we have phone lines available. Um, If we get to the point where we need to free up some lines for callers, we'll let you know. But for this point, we will let you stay on the line as long as those lines are available. If you want to speak on the show, all you need to do is press the number 1 on your keypad, and that will let us know that you want to come on the show and speak this evening. As always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to provide some of the topics and questions they would like to see addressed on tonight's show. Because of the volume of callers that we have every week, there's, we so often don't get to every one of these topics. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a few moments right now and hit on them in rapid fire fashion so that we can at least touch on some of these issues that people want to know about. And then if there's windows later in the show, we'll come back to them. Feel free to follow up with questions uh, during your phone calls. All right, number one, what's the deal with the Al-Qadid Muhammad disappearing act? With Trent Harris out there last year, the Canes basically ran with 10 guys on defense because he was an absolute non-factor. Muhammad seems to have the speed, the strength numbers. What gives here? Well, what I'll say is I agree with that summation. I, you know, I, I do think that, that Trent Harris was overmatched last year. Now, he, he has put on some weight. He's a second-year player. Um, I would expect him to be better this year than he was last year. But let's be honest. Muhammad is supposed to be the, the guy on this defense, the, and, and, every, and the guy that, that, that people have been looking at the entire offseason as a symbol of hope that the defense will show up better this year than it did last year. So, you know, the fact that you're not hearing a lot about Muhammad here in the first few weeks of training camp, um, I would agree would have to be a little bit of a concern. Um, Obviously, we were a little surprised this morning when we saw when they called out the first-team defensive line and the second-team defensive line. Um, We were, you know, obviously surprised that that Muhammad was not amongst uh, those guys. Um, But, again, the season doesn't start for 10 days. There's going to be a lot of reps during ball games. I don't think there's any question you're going to see Muhammad um, at least on pass rushing downs, um, I would think. Uh, but exactly what his overall big role is going to be, we're not sure. We did do a detailed interview with him today after practice that you can go and, and read at, at canesport.com and, and get a complete update on Muhammad. Um, But I would agree with the um, poster who, who – uh, submitted that question that it is a legitimate concern the next one pointed out that a few weeks ago i said that if sonny Odagwu was named the starter for the offensive line that it would be a very bad sign as to where the the line is at and you know yes i believe that i mean i i and i it's sonny Odogwu, love him nicest kid in the world he's funny engaging uh love doing interviews with him but he's not ready to be a starter for the Miami hurricanes in, in my opinion. And, and, you know, I base that on every time we saw him in the game last year, he made mistakes, um, seemed to be a a big project. The kind of guy you'd like to see brought along as a backup um, under normal circumstances, as opposed to being thrown into the starting lineup at the start of the season. But here's the problem. Who is going to start? You know, we look at Casey McDermott, who was a more heralded recruit. Um, he's coming off an injury. Last year, he doesn't have a ton of playing experience either. Um, Trevor Darling is the only tackle on this team right now that played at all last year, um, and they need to put him at left tackle because somebody's got to play on that side, um, and I don't think that's ideal either because um, Trevor Darling doesn't have a lot of experience playing on the left side. So you know, what you are seeing here, um, when you couple it with a lot of the shuffling that's been going on, and as Art Kehoe tries to get his unit, and, and, and Art, you know, you know Kehoe, those of you who've been Hurricane fans for a long time, he works tirelessly, okay? And, and, and he is grinding away trying to get that offensive line unit ready to go this season. But the bottom line is they've only got six or maybe seven guys that are ready to go into a ball game. And that's why you're seeing so much shuffling, because if somebody goes down, he's got to be able to move guys around and put his his best five out there. Um, So I don't think I need to tell you that offensive line, a very precarious position. Um, I think everybody knew that already before it looked like Sonny Adagwu is going to be the starter at the right tackle position. What's Joe Yearby's workload going to be this season? Does he pass Gus Edwards if he hasn't already? Um, I'm not sure there's going to be a clear-cut number one at running back. I, you know, I think that all those guys uh, can contribute and, and be very productive. Um, I do think that the way I see this playing out is going to be favorable to Joe Yearby. I think that because of the offensive line issues, when Miami gets in tough ball games, um, I think their only option offensively is going to be to, to spread things out and do a lot of quick passes and 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 utilize that type of offensive attack and, and I'm not sure that that's going to be uh geared towards a power running game uh with gus edwards um and and even trey on, uh, on Gray, who a lot of people love to to ask about and who feel should be um getting greater consideration in the mix um but I, so i think that the way miami's going to have to play offense this year is going to be very favorable to, to joe yerby so i think he's going to have a big workload uh and i would look for that and i think the other guy that is going to get a lot of reps is mark walton who's who's very much um in that same type of mold as yerby can catch the ball out of the backfield and be a multidimensional threat um and he's the real deal folks um you know He's done very well in, in practices and in the scrimmages. Uh, Mark Walton's going to be a very good running back for the Hurricanes. And so I would think that Yearby um, and Walton are probably best geared for what I believe Miami's going to have to do offensively this year. And I do think the Hurricanes are going to be very good on offense um, with that type of attack. They've got skill athletes all over the place, all of whom are doing exceptionally well. The key for James Coley is going to be making sure at all times that the number one consideration is protecting Brad Kaya. And he's going to have to call the game and and do different things depending on who they're playing week to week to make sure that Brad Kaya is not a sitting duck back there in the pocket um, for defenders who obviously are going to be looking to come after him. Uh, Next question. Do we think that Jamal Carter will put it all together this year and become the team's breakout star? Not ready to say that yet. He's got to get into the starting lineup first. A lot of competition at that safety position. Um, we feel pretty sure that Dion Bush is going to claim one of the starting spots. So Jamal Carter is competing with, um, you know, Rayshon Jenkins, Dallas Crawford. Uh, and we haven't seen a depth chart yet, so we don't know what the coaches are thinking in that regard. But But that's probably – the most contested spot on the team right now um, so it's really hard to call anybody there a breakout star at this point in time all right I'm gonna take a break from the questions that were submitted now I'll get back to some more in a few minutes but let's go out to the phone lines let's begin tonight the 985 where you are live on Kane Sport Live how you doing tonight
2: hey Gary Springer for life how you doing man
1: doing good doing good how you doing
2: I'm doing okay, man, having a late dinner, but listening to you there. Um, a couple of questions that uh, came up a little bit uh, earlier tonight. Um, there was an ambulance over at the HEC Center, um, and I saw that somewhere on, on one of the boards. Do you know what that was all about? You know,
1: um, we were there. We we don't believe anybody was in the ambulance. Um, now, we were told by U.M. personnel that the ambulance was not there deal with anybody related to the football program. Um, They did not tell us what it was there specifically for. We've asked many, obviously several times today uh, for an answer to that question. Um, But we were there standing next to the ambulance. Uh, There was nobody in it that was rushed to the hospital or anything, and then it just left. So um, what it was doing there, um, we couldn't get a straight answer out of of anybody. I, I apologize. But I don't think It's anything that, you know, really needs to be worried about based on the information we have right now. Uh, If that changes, we'll obviously report it immediately. Okay. Um, Second
2: question is, uh, do we know why Gus Edwards wasn't at practice today? Was it school-related or something personal, or do we have any more info on that?
1: I don't know. That one I'm a little bit more concerned about because that's another question that we asked multiple times today. And Al Golden mysteriously dodged the media after practice. Uh, you know, very unusual. You know, the the, the the protocol is typically that when practice ends and, and Coach Golden's done with the team, the first thing he usually does is come over and he meets with all everybody in the media. And, um, we, you know, we get about five five to ten minutes to ask whatever questions we want to ask, and he answers them. Today, he disappeared and um, said he had to go to a meeting and and never resurfaced for the rest of the day. And and, you know, the media contingent in total was a little bit upset about that. You know, I mean, there were a lot of questions on the plate for Al Golden today, you know, just after obviously reviewing film of the scrimmage. Uh, There was the expectation that there might be a depth chart, Uh, you know, now with. Well, you mentioned the ambulance and with Gus Edwards not being at practice. Um there were a lot of questions that needed to be asked of the head coach today. Um he was never made available, never resurfaced for the media. Um and it was very unusual for him to beg off saying he had a meeting right after practice. Uh very, you know,
2: very, very ungolden like to not yeah. go.
1: No, community. that's what I'm saying. You know, so so I don't know if he did it because he didn't want to talk about Gus Edwards you know, or, and something's up there. I don't know if he did it because he didn't want to talk about the depth chart. It, it was pretty obvious to us that players had been instructed not to talk about the depth chart because every everybody that we talk to today um you know we we got a lot of sly answers, a lot of sideways answers a lot a lot of answers suggesting that they that the team has no idea what the depth chart is, who's first team, who's second team, everybody's mixing and matching all the time, and you know I think on the offensive line there's a little truth to that, you know, for the reasons that I mentioned a few minutes ago i you know I think that they've got seven bodies that are ready to go into a game and they've got to get those guys ready to play multiple positions, uh, because if they don't, they, they, they could be exposing themselves to serious problems, uh, in the, in the heat of battle. But in most of these positions, I don't believe they don't know who's first team and second team. And, and, um, so it was just a weird day out there, um, at hurricane football headquarters today. Um, you know, I don't want to be an alarmist because you know, right now we don't know what's up with Gus Edwards. Um, he maybe he just had class, but if he just had class, wouldn't somebody have said? I mean, we asked, we probably asked ten times today. If he just had class, wouldn't somebody have said, "Hey, oh, he just has class. You know, nothing to worry about." You know, so right. you know, I don't know if he tweaks You know, if he got hurt in the scrimmage the other night, I don't know if there's other issues involved. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to tell you more tomorrow on that. Um, if we do get to speak to Coach Golden, because he, he, you know, he, he's really the only one that's allowed to to speak on these issues. So if he dodges the media um, and doesn't resurface during the rest of the day, uh, there's really not a lot of ways to find out what's going on, unless we start hammering, you know, underground sources and stuff. And you know, you got to do that kind of selectively. So uh, that's, yeah. that's, just, that's that situation, and um, that's where we are.
2: Yeah, and look, Gary, the the, the depth chart that I saw posted going through it, I mean, yeah, there's some disappointments there. I mean, you touched on it earlier. I mean, come on, we've got, we're have got we rolling out on the offensive line, and I know they're going to be shuffling, but I mean, I saw Adagu and Joe Brown. I mean, Joe Brown, all due respect to Joe Brown, wouldn't he a late addition, you know, somebody that came in late in the class and... Yeah, now, now, in
1: fairness, over. you know, if all things were equal with Joe Brown, he would have been more highly recruited. And once people realized that he was in play and could get an offer, uh, he there were a lot of teams that did try to come in late on him. Um, but I don't disagree with you. Uh, in no way, shape, or form is Joe Brown ready to be a, a front-line starter for the, for the for the Miami Hurricanes right now. I mean, he's another one that should be a backup. And sort of take a year and and work his way in, but they don't have that luxury right now on the offensive line. The offensive line's a mess. Okay, uh, you know I, I don't sugarcoat anything for you guys. And um, you know if our Kehoe's listening, he's going to be mad at me, and I'm going to hear about it. But you know the but you know the offensive line right now is a mess. You know that. Uh, you they, know, you got
2: you, yeah. I mean look, you got that, and then you got you know you got on the defense. You got you know like you said, Trent Harris, who did next to nothing last year. Okay year later, bigger, stronger, faster, maybe. But all you hear about is, you know, AQM, 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 AQM. You know, when he's running a team. team. I mean, what's that?
1: You know, I mean, just... Well, it could mean... I, and, and again, I'm not saying this is the case. I'm just throwing out, you know, there, there are going to be some guys that are going to be suspended at the beginning of the season. And it's usually one game, two games. If, is he going to be one of them? We don't know. Um, but... Is it a little suspicious what's going on with him? It seems to be. Um, but, yeah, you know, yes. well, but, 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 <laughs> I mean, you know, he was,
2: like, like you said,
1: he was supposed to be,
2: you know, the guy returning, you know, to solid- help solidify that D-line with, you know, with Chad Thomas and uh, Anthony Moten and some of those guys in there. And, you know, here we are, you know, two weeks away from a game, and this is going on. It's like, okay, what's the deal? You know, well, and then you got and- Golden –
1: and I'm going to Go caution ahead. you because there may be nothing going on, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's, the, that, that's the thing that we have to balance as the entity that's reporting all this news to you guys. You know, we, we have to, like, check ourselves sometimes and make sure we're not being alarmists, you know. And, um, but Gary, you know, Golden disappearing today, that, doesn't that add fuel to
2: the fire a little bit?
1: Oh, absolutely. It was very strange, very bizarre. Um, why he did that, and maybe he did have a meeting that he was late for, or whatever, but this is a guy that schedules himself to the minute okay and and they know if he's got a nine o'clock practice, he knows that the practice is going to be over at eleven, and he knows he's got to talk to the media for five ten minutes. I can't believe he's scheduling a meeting before eleven thirty okay right. you know i i i'cause I assume after coming off the field all sweaty and everything, he likes to go in and take a shower so um you know it was very strange okay and and you know I'm not going to lie to you but but again, for us to like throw scenarios out there that we don't know would be kind of stupid. I mean, so I don't <laughs> want to be an, an, an alarmist until we really know that something's up or whatever. But it, it was it was weird. I mean, it was a weird day.
2: Yeah. Well, that combined, like I said, that combined with what came out on the depth chart. I mean, you know, we get Jenkins back. You would think Jenkins and Bush would would be back there? You know, with ones. Now I know that strong safety position's got them. Got some uh, got some competition, and I love Dallas Crawford. I'm a huge Dallas Crawford fan. He's been great for the University of Miami, but I mean, are we really putting Dallas Crawford back there with Dion Bush when we've got Jenkins and uh, you know Jamal Carter, who we've heard nothing but great things about the past couple of weeks in camp? It's just 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 a lot of I mean, it's a lot of strange, just a lot of strange things going on. Um, who I didn't see on there was Lawrence Cager. I guess it's sign that, you know they're gonna.
1: Look, the redshirt
2: him. Um, I know you got, you talked about that and
1: last I, week. I, I Sounds hope so. good. I hope so. Not because he can't play because he can. Right. But there's just so many guys at that position that can play. Um, you know, I'd like to see them save a talent like that, you know, for when he can um, ha- have a more high-profile role. And so I'm I'm personally hoping that they don't have injuries there and they could redshirt Cager this year. Uh, but no, no decision on that's been announced yet. Right. Well, look that way, that
2: just – of what's thrown out there. But anyway, that's all I got,
1: Gary. Thanks for letting me on the show, man.
2: Appreciate
1: it. No problem. Hey, thanks for being part of it. Great call. All right, 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. Again, hit the number one if you want to come on the show. And now we're going to go out to the 773. You are live on Kane Sport Live.
0: Hey, Gary.
3: It's Billy from Austin. How are you?
1: Hey, how you doing?
3: Him well, um, I had a, c- a couple questions for you, but listening to the last caller kind of changed the direction I wanted to go. And I-, I guess my my questions to you are, I kind of disagree with the last caller. This is, for me, very Golden-esque. You know, anytime uh, it gets tough, he bails. He's nowhere to be found, just like Penn State. Just like the tough games,
1: he gives the same answers. Something's got to be going on, right? Well, I mean, I think he's under a lot of pressure. Let's be honest. I mean, Al Golden is the focal point of the community. You can't turn on the radio where they're not talking about him. They're talking about him on TV. They're talking about him on the message boards and the newspapers uh, all over the country. Al Golden's on the hot seat. Okay, he's under a lot of pressure. And, you know, he's doing everything that he has. He's using everything he has in his own toolbox, you know, which is a pet word of his, but it's true. Um, to try to get this team ready to the best of his own ability, whatever that is, and um, you know he's got his, he's got a certain way he's trying to go about it. Uh, uh, there's, you know they're trying to there's a lot of more secrecy um, yeah. this fall than there's been. Why? Why? That, and that's I, don't I don't know. guess that's the Why they're they're opening with Bethune Cookman in Florida Atlantic? Okay, why is there not a depth chart? Okay, it makes no sense. It, it, it's like uh, you know, all right, you want to keep secrets from Florida State or Clemson. Um, Georgia Tech, you know, no problem. We're all big boys. We all get it. They're opening with Bethune Cookman, okay? And you, and they're going to put a first team out there on September the fifth. So why not tell the people um, what's going on that are interested? The people that care. Hey, who's going to be on on the first team this year? Who's doing well in in, in fall camp? Um, you know, we find out some of this stuff and we report it to you as we as we can. But why not make yeah. it official? Put out a depth chart. You know, I don't. You well, know, I I agree. I don't understand why. And, and
3: I mean, the master salesman this guy is. Everyone's working their tails off. You know, they everyone's flying around. Well, if that's the case, then why 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 are you ducking out the back door? You know, of the media that that's and and I think the worst part for me is why is the school? And I, I asked you this last year. Why is the school continuing to let this man sneak out the back door? Other coaches well, have to face the, it. Uh,
1: if he was doing it, you know, day after day after day, then obviously I think there would be some pretty strong appeals made to Blake James, and that's a, But that's not the well, case. I, you know, when the times Col- get tough, Gary, Col- when the times are usually, tough, I know. But he's been straight. You know, he's usually available. I mean, what he did, what happened today was was not the norm. Okay. He's well, but also, available- like you said,
3: did you not say it was strange at practice that we saw our our so-called stud the end playing scout quarterback. I mean, you guys get 15 minutes, you see some stuff, he knows that you guys are going to ask the
1: tough questions, doesn't he? I mean, you, see, you say he's such a good yeah, CEO. Yeah, they don't worry about he's that. He's they going They're not worried about that. They're not sitting there planning practice on that. Um, here,
3: but, here's my main question for you, and I yeah. want to keep it you know, moving here. I could go all night with you with all my questions. From a guy that is you know, went on and on and on that he worked 55 straight days without a day off to get to the root of the issues, make all these changes. What have you seen that's so different for a man that stayed bunkered down for 55 days to get to the bottom of it?
1: Wow. Um, well, they they ditched the they used to have a system, a status system in practice where guys earned. Uh, certain colored jersey for good performance to kind of set them above everybody else. They've ditched that system. Everybody's now equal at practice. So you know, so they're trying to they're trying to I I think that's part of the, the team building um mindset that they're trying to instill and and they're trying to keep everybody together and working as a team. Uh so there's no status system anymore. Um any any anything that you used to see where there was a status system has been removed from the practice routine uh they used to line up uh when they used to do stretching drills before practice they would line up in their in in a depth chart formation so to speak like the the first team quarterback would be in front and then the second team quarterback would be behind them and and you could go across the line to every position uh we're not seeing that this fall that's changed um scheme wise on defense uh, i mean i'm pretty sure it's going to be the same scheme i don't You know, maybe there'll be some wrinkles and nuances that Mark D'Onofrio will throw in there. um, But I don't see anything totally radical unless they're sneaking it through with nobody talking about it. And, and, you know, that would be kind of hard to do, I think, because there are a lot of a lot of boosters and stuff that go out to practice that um, obviously report back to people they know. (laughs) Like, you know. So so you know I think it would be if, if there was a radical scheme change I I think we would know it and uh yeah. there, there I don't believe there is I you know if everything I've seen is exactly the same as in the past um I do think So gonna, I let me just just to finish real quick I do think yeah. you're going to see some some uh, possibly might see some different things offensively um I'm not going to go into them because it's 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 it would be exposing schematic competitive sure. things that that you know we I'm have totally an honor to, that that you know we're not going to you know put, put that out in advance. I I do think you might see some nuances offensively, but um you know that remains to be seen. Also, so um you know to the naked eye. I think they're going to look like the, same, like the same Miami Hurricanes to you. I don't think that they're going to run out of the, into the stadium uh, in, a, in 11 days, and you're going to say, wow, that's totally different. I, I really don't. So is it fair to,
3: you know, to, a, to as a fan, an outsider, to think, okay, the guy always, you know, builds up, um, you know, this, this great salesman, 55 days straight, you know, without a day off, is it hot air? I mean, are these significant changes no? that really required – 55 days worth of, you know, grinding away. Um, I'm just trying to understand how to take the, you know, the, the the sales pitch we've been sold so many times and we've seen no changes.
1: I don't think you're being, you're not being sold. The only thing that's going to sell anybody is victories at this point, And I think everybody knows that. So nobody's conning you. Uh, there's no sales job 55 straight days. I mean, you know, I think coach golden works every day anyway. You know, I don't think that that there's a lot, I don't think there's any significance to that, you know? Um, but Fair you know, I I've seen, I, I've seen a lot of energy going into recruiting. Um, He's got some new guys on the op staff that I think are working very hard and very passionately, um, not yes. to say that the guys that were there in the past weren't, but, uh, sure. you know, I see some of that. Um, but other than that – And those
3: are positives. Those are positives. I, I do agree yeah. with you on that. I get, and Here's kind of my last question is I want to get some other guys um, on the phone. You just mentioned there's a lot of energy going into recruiting. Great. One thing you reported last week, I didn't hear the whole show, and there was a tweet from one of the Miami writers today: the lack of energy at practice. Um, somebody um, tweeted. Somebody
1: actually there. tweeted tweeted that, huh? Well, it was
3: it, it, Miami needs a, a, an injection of swag.
1: And well, I totally agree with that. <laughs> um, and I said that a, a few weeks ago, and I've consistently said that for the last several years. And I mean, you. You know, you if you're standing right next to that practice field, in most cases, you would not even have a clue there's a football practice going on unless they're playing the hip hop music. Um, Correct.
3: So and so now now that somebody else that's there next to you in the crowd has reporting on it, that for me is a trend or a pattern. Clearly, there is a lot of not that we didn't you know I didn't believe you, but you know other people are reporting on it. So that that tells me as a fan. And I wouldn't lie to you guys. You know that. Well, of course, but I'm saying you have other people separate, you know, at seven days later reporting on it. So it's a continu you didn't just see it once, you know, it's a continuous pattern. I guess my question is we get a lot of these kids from South Florida. We get a lot of kids that have a certain skill set. Is the lack of energy from the coaching staff that they're just kind of more of a teacher, or is it kids that genuinely are not bought into a system? And you know they're you know they're going in with a defeatist attitude. They're, you know their skill set isn't being used to their fullest, and it's more of the scheme over the talent. Any good manager sets their you know their employer you know or player in this case up for success due to their strengths, not their system. And that's what I'm training. You know, Casey McDermott had a comment that he didn't even want to be here last year. Yeah, I was um, stunned by that, that comment.
1: Be... By the way, stunned. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I, be- I believe it, and I think it's accurate. And I think he's being blatantly honest, and I give him a lot of credit for that. Um, but but it, it was but kind of like refreshing to see somebody be so truthful about something so really negative.
3: Well, because the whole because the whole philosophy from the Golden Staff, like you said yourself, just the last caller, everything is such a big secret. Everything is keep an eye on, stay bunker down approach. So why is there a lack of emotion? You know, when when everyone it's a brand everything Golden talks about new team, new season, unity, unity, unity. All this, you know, this rah rah. But then when
1: they actually actually out in the
3: practice field, it's nowhere to be found.
1: All all yeah, the rah I, rah I is, is that I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, I can tell you from from many many days of observation that it, that it is flat there. Um, why they're like that, I don't know. Um, people within the team would probably challenge that notion and say you 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 know you think we don't practice hard or we don't practice the notion? um but you know i i mean i can only speak for myself but i've been watching this program for a long time way too way, way too long cuz it means i'm starting to get old and um you know i've seen different generations of, of coaches and teams and i know what a practice is supposed to look like, and, and I and I know, you exactly. know how certain coaches do things that are successful, and you know if I were going to sit here and write a book about why Al Golden has not been successful at Miami, I wouldn't have a real difficult time, you know, you know making a list and and uh, of what to extrapolate on, and and you know that would be one of them. I mean, I, I but you know. Listen, he's getting his shot this year. He's getting a a fair opportunity to prove that he can take this program to the next level this year. And I think that's all he can ask for. I think it's hard for some of the fans to accept, but he's doing things his way. Um, No, we don't see a ton of things different. Um, He has his way of doing things that he believes in very very clearly, and that's what he's going to run with. We'll see what happens.
3: Yeah, and I've accepted I'm not going to get into the talk of, you know, getting him – he's not – like you said, he's not leaving – Throughout the season, I get that we can have that conversation in three or four months. It's just, you know, you report on it, but w- w- there's always a reason behind it. You know, it is he? And, and you know, Al is always, always so against the personal fouls. He's always up against giving up the big play. Everything is conservative, and I'm trying to, you know, to think over the four years that he's been here. A game that Miami played with fire and passion, and one game comes to mind. It was the one game we had a sellout, which was the Florida game. So that one I give on, I put on the fans, not you know, not the staff getting the, you know the team fired up.
1: At um, Florida State last year.
3: Correct. I'm sorry, I forgot that one. Um, but the, you know, those are two games that they should get up for anyway. I'm talking when they go up to Boston College on a noon kickoff, you know, no. in or in in, in mid <laughs> mid October when we should win by 21 points and we're down 14 with you know with four minutes left trying to you know salvage an overtime win. Um, yep. So, and I and uh, well, one I, I know I said that was my last question. I have one thing. And I promise this is that There was a quote that you know Donofrio had the other day on. Yeah, I don't remember if it was on your site or whatever. He says, you know, we hope that that the opposing team makes a mistake on third down, and that just really rubbed me the wrong way, because what good any good team, you know, a good Miami Hurricanes team, hoped a team made a mistake on a third down those teams created the third
1: down stop they didn't hope for it. and and that's why they've had such pro- so many problems on third down getting off the field and 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 that's really shaped what kind of team this has been you know the offense wasn't perfect last year either but there were a lot of games where they didn't get a lot of reps and and their play count for the season was very low so
3: and that's why and that's the issue that when Coley is held back by Golden you know, he likes to be aggressive and score, but then our defense is still up there for 40 minutes. They're going to wear it. Any defense is going to wear it. Alabama would wear it out.
1: Well, you know, I don't know if he's held back in the past. I don't think he's going to be held back this year. Uh, this is going to be, a, to me, a Pac-10 style football team, and it's going to be a team that's going to need to score a lot of points to win, and um, you better not be holding back the offense. That's the way I look at it. All
3: well, right. I hope, yeah, I'm done. Okay. Oh, well, thanks for thanks. the time. I, uh, I'll look forward to next week.
1: You got it man. Hey, thanks for being part of the show. All right, 646-595-2048. Is the number 646-595-2048. If you want to talk on the show, hit the number 1 on your keypad and that'll let us know you want to come on. Um I'll go to one more call then I'll get to a couple more topics. Let's go to the 240 where you are now live on Kane Sport Live.
4: What's up, Gary from D Black 21?
1: What's up, D Black? How you doing this week?
4: Not much, man. I missed the the first couple shows because I was uh, at football practice myself. Um, But, you know, a leopard doesn't change the spots, Gary. And I say that to say Golden is what we thought he was, an average coach. And his whole coaching career, he's never won nowhere. He couldn't win in the MAC, And he's not winning down here at my beloved university. Now second, there's no swag at practice because he comes from a he comes from a place where it was always business. It was a it was corporate. That's how they that's how Penn State that's how Penn State handles things.
5: It he's is,
1: a it Joe is very corporate. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Good job, D Black. You know it it's it, it, yeah. it's a very corporate looking practice, you're right.
4: Exactly. He he's a he's a Joe Pod disciple. He's a Joe Pa disciple, and if you well, even look but, at the and, NFL,
1: but, but he's also an Al Groh disciple, and he's also a Tom O'Brien disciple. Tom O'Brien was very much that type of head coach.
4: Exactly. Uh, you know,
1: also, also very. You know, Al Groh, I think, was a little bit more emotional, maybe than those other guys. But you know, those are the three guys: Joe Pat, Al Groh, and Tom O'Brien, that I think have have shaped Al Golden as a football coach.
4: Exactly, and this is, and you know, my thing is, you know, Cole, you know, Gary. He always says he respects the tradition. He, he respects what the former players, what they did to build this program. He, he respects Miami for what Miami is. Well, if you respect Miami for what Miami is and what Miami was, then why are you trying your hardest to change it?
1: I don't think he's doing that. I I don't think that he I don't think he's sitting there saying you know and a, and a lot of people have said this through the years and I don't think they're right. He's not sitting there saying I'm going to change the way Miami was. He's just being himself. I mean he's he's you know he is putting a team together and coaching a team the way that that he knows how to do it and the way that he feels is the best way for him to do it. And I don't think he's trying to in your face anybody or do you know prove that his way is better and you know the old Miami way um was no good and I'm not going to have any part of that. I don't think it's like that at all. You know, I, I think he's embraced the tradition of Miami uh to the best that he possibly can. I think he respects it. He always talks about the legacy and things like that. Um I think he just coaches the way he knows.
4: I mean, that's true. I mean, well he has no choice but to respect it because it's there. You know what I'm saying? The history is there, so he has to respect it. But well,
1: you know Yeah, but I, unfortunately I mean, it's, it's, it's it's that history now has a capital H. Okay, because this program yeah, exactly. hasn't, done, it hasn't done anything in eleven years. Okay, you're and right, 11, and it has. And it, it. It's way too many for you and myself and everybody. Um, you know, but you know, most people involved today, they know of the history and the legacy from the U videos and things like that, but they don't feel it. Okay, They, exactly. it, it's not, it, they don't feel it in their soul because, no, because it, ha- it hasn't existed in a long time.
4: You're right. And right. and when I say about coaching, like, you remember when Tom Kaufman first went to went to New York, went to Coastal Giants and he was real, he was a stickler. he was hard. And then eventually he said, you know what? For me to coinc for me to stay here, I gotta I gotta drop my guards down a little bit and I you know, gotta have a yeah. I gotta Exactly. He adjusted. And once he adjusted, what happened? They started winning Super Bowl.
1: Started winning more games, yeah.
4: Exactly. So what? So what we're saying as fans, you know, saying as fans of this program for over twenty years, and supporters for over twenty years, we like, yo, Al. We done seen some of the greatest coaches come in here. We seen what they did that made them great. You see what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, you, 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 you helped us through the little scandal thing. The NCAA. We we understand that, and we applaud you for that. But Butch Davis had it just as bad as you did. In his fourth or fifth year, well, where where we at? Playing in the sugar bowl twelve and one. So we understand that. But it don't you think it's time it's time to stop beating that drum and just go out here and just produce. And and I and I like to call Coach Golden. I call him he's a punchline coach. And I'ma explain what I I'm gonna explain to you real quick, Gary, what I mean by that. A punchline is like when you watch a when you watch TV, you see advertisements. They got they got catchy words, catchphrases to get you interested. Like, oh wow, that's interesting. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go there. Well, I'm gonna go try that. That's what he is. He he gives he gives all these good punchlines. Team team team. Uh, this that and that. But after the after the punchline wears off, you still got a coach, and he's exposed for what he is. Once the punchlines wear off, you know we get to fall camp and the game start. Now you can't use punchlines. You got to be a coach, and you got to coach up the children. You got to know these X's and O's. You got to make half halftime, half-time adjustment, which he hasn't done since he's been here. So
1: all well, this he, team,
4: team, team, and we fence and we fence and whatever fence, I don't care nothing about that. I don't care about him being buckled down for 55 days. You know what? None of that concerns me if he can't get no W, if he if he doesn't get W.
1: Fair enough. He
4: get
1: w. All right, D Black, you got anything else this week?
4: Um, no. Not nothing else this week, Gary, but uh, I'll get up with you next week, brother.
1: All right, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show.
4: Keep me a hold, please, if you can.
1: You got it, sir. Thank you again. Thank you. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight is the number. Again, if you want to speak on the show, hit the number one on your keypad and that'll uh, let us know here that you want to come on and we'll get you on. I'm going to attack one more question that was submitted on, by the fans on the message boards at canesport.com. Can any ACC teams um, end up the year in the top 25 other than FSU and Clemson? and um that's a great question and I, and i'm not sure the answer is yes and, I, and i'm going to tell you why the the next most obvious team if you're not talking about Miami um would be georgia tech and um i don't know if, if you've taken a look at uh at georgia tech's schedule uh lately but it is absolutely brutal i'm going to i'm going to pull it up here real quick um might might have one of the uh might have the, you know one of the top few toughest schedules in in the country if you look at it honestly. Uh week 3, they travel to Notre Dame. Um then they go at Duke home against North Carolina. Then they go on the road to play Clemson. Um they have to go on the road to play Miami. They get Florida State at home and then they got to play Georgia at the end of the year. I don't see any way in the world, I don't care how good they are, that Georgia Tech comes through that schedule um with with enough with a good enough one loss record uh, to finish in the top 25. And if they do, uh, Paul Johnson should be national coach of the year or something, because that is a brutally tough schedule. So who's the next likely candidate? Again, we we, will knock Miami out of the equation since nobody thinks that the hurricanes uh, have a chance to to finish that strong. Uh, Virginia tech, uh, you know, is, is a team that some people think has a shot. They have a, as usual, you know a pretty modest out of conference schedule. They do open against Ohio State. Uh, I would tend to think that the Buckeyes are not going to be sleeping on Virginia Tech this year, uh, like they were a year ago. And and even though it's in Blacksburg, I just I have a hard time imagining Virginia Tech uh, winning that game. But whenever you you do get a, a national championship team in the first game of the next year, you know they're still feeling a, a little good about themselves, and 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 they are definitely right. Or an upset, but I think the fact that Virginia Tech beat them last year um, is going to make things, pr- um, you know, pretty tough for them to do it two years in a row. Uh, but then Virginia Tech plays Furman, which should be an easy win. They go at Purdue, at East Carolina. Um, obviously, all games that they have a pretty good chance to win. Then they get Pittsburgh and NC State at home before they got to make the trip to Miami. So you know, I think they got a chance to have a pretty good record coming into the Miami game. Uh, would not, would not shock me if they're a one-loss team at that point in in the season. Um, so if they can upset or or beat, you know, I don't, I don't know who the favorite's going to be yet, but if they could beat the Hurricanes in Sun Life Stadium, uh, then I would think that they have a decent chance. Uh, to finish the year as a top 25 team, although they do have to go to Atlanta and play Georgia Tech um, in a in a Thursday night game. Um, other teams that, that people are looking at, expecting to do well um, in the ACC, people like Louisville a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure that the, that that program right now is stocked with the same quantity and quality of players. Uh, that they were able to put together under Charlie Strong. Uh, But Bobby Petrino is a great coach, uh, so we'll have to see um, how that one goes. Um, NC State is believed to be a sleeper team in the ACC, but hard to imagine uh, them as a top 25 team as well. So uh, other than FSU and Clemson, I'm not sure that the ACC uh, is going to have uh, any other top 25 teams this year. I, I I would be pretty surprised if they did. All right, let's go out now to the six seven eight. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. Yes, sir, that's you.
5: Oh. What's going on, Gary? You doing all right tonight?
1: Doing good, doing good. Who's this?
5: C D Wright forty.
1: Hey, how you doing this evening?
5: Uh I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I just had I had about three questions I wanted to ask you.
1: Go ahead. Shoot.
5: And uh all right. So I haven't really heard a whole lot about special teams. And when you guys interview these guys, I notice that uh, you guys really don't talk much about that. I don't think they practice it that much. And I think that's part of why it was so horrible last year. I,
1: I don't know. I well, don't know. Here's what I, I think I, I think enormous effort has gone into the offense and defense the first few weeks of training camp. And, and now that they've gotten through that and that they're making decisions on who's going to play. And you know, part of putting your special teams together, you have to figure out what freshmen you're going to take shirt, uh, red shirts off and, pl- and true freshmen and play. I think now uh-huh. w- the coach the coaches are going to start spending a lot more time on special teams. I think they the last few days they they've sat in their meeting room and they they've they've pretty much identified who they want to use on the kickoff coverage teams, the punt coverage teams, the return teams, and I think that this week they'll spend a lot more time starting to get those special team units ready to go and then obviously next week uh game week they'll do the same oh okay good really I hope so, cause... You, you really can't do it till you know what your roster is you know and i mean your live roster um right. it, it, it's really hard to spend a lot of time on, on special teams before you know who you want to put out there
5: okay and now the other question i had i was listening i've been listening since since we started and you made a comment about uh, the offensive line, and I don't know. I want to. I don't want to quote you incorrectly, but you said something along the lines of, um, "It's not. It's not where it needs to be." Uh, I don't know the exact word you used, but uh, but in any event, I'm trying to figure out when we do when we get all these updates um, from you on, in practice and on the scrimmages. Man, this offense seems to be scoring a lot. So, how bad could this offensive line be?
1: Well, or how bad can the defense be? I mean, or you know, and, and no. how 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 bad is the depth on defense? Remember, you got first, second, and third teams out there. And when you're hearing these glowing reports, you don't know who was on the field at the time of those plays. Um, but is it really a surprise? No, to I'm hearing the
5: first team. I am right. hearing the first team, but the, but that's one of the points that's you made the, earlier when the defense was getting the first, after the quarterback.
1: Well who says the first team defense <laughs> is so great? Who like who's getting a, like you know, let's take a look at the first team defense. I mean, you know, I have I, I haven't heard the name Hurtaloo at all in, in in training camp. Um I haven't heard the name Kamalu very much all through training camp. Um Chad Thomas I think is 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 progressing, but he's certainly not dominating practice. Trent Harris, you know we you know we talked about him extensively. Um, Everyone pretty much seems to agree he's an average player. Then you get back to your linebackers. I mean, uh, does anybody expect Rafael Kirby to be the second coming of Denzel Perryman or Jonathan Vilma? I know I don't. Um, Well,
5: I don't know what to expect. I don't know what to expect. But I guess my point is.
1: I guess my point is when when I'm trying to. But wait, just to finish the thought, here's what I'm what I'm getting at with you. Is this just might not be that good of a team I mean it it might not be that good of a defense, and yes, I do think the offensive line is a huge problem. I think they've got six and a half and a half guys, maybe seven, um that they can put into a ball game. You know I don't think any of those true freshmen are ready to go into a game um you know i don't i I'm not a big believer in Hunter wells um I think Hunter Knighton coming off the the year off. It needs a little bit more time. I mean, I, I can't imagine him being ready to, 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 to be a frontline player in major college football right now. Um, it's a huge issue. Okay, and yes, yeah. I agree with you. The fact that the offense is, is is you know, making all these plays all over the place is a huge, huge cause for concern in the overall picture of the team and what the defense is gonna be able to do. But it's not to me it's oh, not surprising. No, I'm sorry. I
5: don't I – don't, not to cut you off, but I, I just, I was just going to tell you, how much did we lose from the number 14 defense in the country, though?
1: It wasn't you know what I'm saying? We defense. lost that, that is a bunch of baloney, okay? And anybody that believes that that was the 14th best defense in America last year, I mean, is is, is smoking some funny stuff or something. I mean, that was not – I mean, I know the, the stat is there, but a lot of it is, 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 is because – you know, the offense used up, you know, did uh, even though they struggled on third down, there was points in the season where they were averaging nine yards a play. I mean, you know, you still had an offense where Duke Johnson was a star and Philip Dorsett was a star and Brad Coyot was a freshman of the year and, you know, your offensive lineman got drafted. And, um, you know, it, it was it was an okay offense. So even though they were short on plays, they, they did get some things done to keep the defense off the field. Um, well, I don't know, we're go-
5: we're going to agree to disagree on that.
1: The way the defense was huh? playing, it's the way the defense was playing in some of those games, they the clock was being run to such a high degree that it limited the number of offensive plays that the other teams were running and which which held the yardage totals down, but that doesn't mean they were effective, okay? And I, I without question say that was not the 14th best defense in the country. Okay, I don't care what. It, might,
5: it probably. I agree. But I agree. It may not have. It. I mean, statistically, it was. It may not have. It may have what, been.
1: Tell me one real game. It may not have been the four, Tell huh? me one real game. And I'm not meaning to interrupt you, but tell me one real game that that defense impacted last year. Not one. Because they didn't win uh, any. They didn't beat anybody any good.
5: Uh, I, no. They I, I won't say any, they won any game because of the defense. If that's what the question is no, leading they to,
1: didn't be, they didn't beat anybody but, any the entire season. So that defense, but, the 14th best defense in the country, did not impact one football game against any type of meaningful opponent.
5: But would you? But it, would it be reasonable to say that it may not be the 14th best defense? It is. Uh, pretty legitimate college defense. It may uh, be number I, 30. I, need
1: to I don't think it is.
5: Uh, it it's may the, be. Come the, on now, Gary. Three. Wait a minute. Hold up. Hold up. I, You're trying to I, tell I, me it's ranked I, number I, 14, but it's not a legitimate college defense?
1: I don't believe it is a anywhere close to a Miami caliber defense. No, no, no,
5: no, 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 no. I agree, I from, with, oh, that. I agree with
1: that. I, I agree with a, that. I agree with that. No. Roster. I think the defensive tackles are very average. I think the defensive end's got a little bit more promise, but for whatever reason, don't just you know they, they didn't. They've never seemed to get a whole lot done. I think the linebacker unit is is an extreme weak spot. Other than the fact that Jermaine Grace is an absolute bullet to the football and will lead the team in tackles, um, but I don't think he's physical enough to impact the game the way you would like him to. Um, I think the cornerbacks struggle big time defending the run. And, you know, Dion Bush, who's your best safety, has had a ho- horrible time trying to stay healthy and in the games. Um, Jenkins is coming off, you know, a year on the shelf. Dallas Crawford is an average safety. Jamal Carter, for whatever reason, with all his physical ability, can't rise to the top at the position. Okay, so, you know, I, I don't want to sound like a like a, like a sourpuss here, like and I'm, and I'm being overly negative. I'm just saying, to me, it's not a surprise. That the offense I'm, all the skill. Look at all the skill players that they have on offense. They're, they should. Yeah, but you, know. you,
5: you were saying, but you were saying when the defense was making plays early in the game
1: that it's a
5: reflection on how bad the offense is.
1: Not me. But, you're, I you're think not, is he, Well, Gary, you
5: know I'm on that website every day. Okay.
1: okay. I, can only, I can only tell you what I think, and I think the offense has a lot of talent. I think. I think the quarterback okay. is. Is phenomenal. I think the backup quarterbacks are coming along very well. I think you've got four running backs, assuming Gus Edwards doesn't have a problem, who can go into the game and be effective. I think you've got four tight ends that can do the same. I think you, you, you've got the capability of using your depth at that tight end position and, H, and, and utilize them as H-backs and create mismatches against linebackers to to a great degree. I think that's going to be a huge weapon for this offense. I think you're six deep at wide receiver with with talented kids like a freshman, Lawrence Cager, that you don't even need this year, that hopefully you can redshirt. I think there's talent all over the place on offense, okay? But I don't feel the same about the defense. Okay. I don't think – All right, well, I
5: won't won't belabor it. it. Uh, Let let me ask you you the last question I have for you, okay? Okay. Um, a, a, well, a kid that I, I have, I'm very familiar with is Evan Sharif Sharif. Yes, Sharif. How do how yes. you pronounce his last name? Okay.
1: Sure. <sighs>
5: but yeah. Yeah. See that that that's what I want to ask you. Um, how is he is he doing? Because I know I know his brother is up at UConn trying to compete for that starting job, and they say he's supposed to be better than his brother, and his brother's probably going to win that job. So I'm phenomenal. curious to see how.
1: He's going to be phenomenal. Okay. He, you know, he's a skinny kid. He needs to get in the weight room, um, needs to get stronger and build his arm strength. But this kid is so smart and and just grasps the offense and executes on the practice field. And, you know, quite honestly, he's he's out there some of the time when you're hearing about all these great offensive performances in practice. I mean, he's the one running the third team. Um, and they just, you know, they're operating at such great efficiency that the third team defense can't even begin to stop them. And, you know, that's why you heard, you you know, you've heard about, you know, Gray having big runs, things like that. Um, so, uh, yes, he's doing great and, and he's going to be a very good prospect. He'll be, he'll be in the, by the time it comes to compete, to replace Brad Kaya. And, you know, of course, Malik Rozier will be in that mix. Jack Allison will be in that mix. Um depending if, on how long Kaya stays, whatever quarterback comes in 2017 might be in that mix. Um, Evan Sheriffs will be in that mix.
5: Okay. All right, good. That's good to hear. That's good to hear because they, they they love them up around my way. So, all right, uh, appreciate it. I'll, could you leave me on? I'm just going to sit and listen.
1: Not a problem at all. Hey, thank you so much for being part of the show. Great call, and I didn't mean. No you know I didn't, I, I didn't mean you know you, we're allowed to disagree uh, on the defense, and, and we, we
5: always disagree, agree. Gary. But you know I love you, man. <laughs>
1: yeah, I love you too. I mean you know the, the disagreements <laughs> what sports is all about, you know. But I I don't believe that was the number fourteen defense in the country last year. I, I think that's about, <laughs>
5: okay. That's,
1: that's a bunch of baloney. All right, hey, thanks for being part of the. <laughs> I just you know I I'm, I just can't I can't. I just can't rationalize that. I mean, you know, you don't go 6 and 7 if you have the 14th best defense and not beat anybody good on your schedule and and the defense got shredded um by Nebraska, got shredded by Georgia Tech, it got shredded at the end of the season um af- after the 11 minute mark of the second quarter, Florida State uh beat it pretty good and uh you know, so I don't know. Anyway, let's go out now to the 845 where you, you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Yeah, how you doing,
6: Gary? Greg from North Carolina.
1: Greg, how you doing?
6: Good. I got a couple of points here. Um first of all, if you were the coach, who would you start on the offensive line in game 1?
1: If 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 I were the coach, who would I start on the offensive yeah. line? Um, yeah. Well, you know, I I think that they're they're obviously, you know, they're, they're playing Trevor Darling at left tackle and I don't think they have any other choice. You know, I, I I think that, um, that they don't have anybody else who's athletic enough to be a left tackle. Uh, So even though he's not really ready to play there, I think you got to put him in that spot. Um, Same thing goes for Alex Gall. You know, I mean, he hasn't played a ton of football. He's a backup. Um, I don't you know, know that he's a great player, but, He's the best you have right now, so you got to put him at left guard like he is. Um, Nick Linder really is your only serviceable center. Uh, you got to put him there. Uh, the big question marks come on the right side. and um, I like the fact that it looks like they're going to leave Danny Isadora at guard. Um, I personally like him better at guard than at, at, at tackle, so I would – Put him at right guard, where it looks like he's going to play. The only difference between what it looks like they might do and what I would do is, I think I would probably start Casey McDermott at right tackle um, as a, as opposed to Sonny Adagwu, and uh, then let Joe Brown, you know, be be a swing guy. Um, you know, that that's probably the way I would attack it.
6: Okay, All right, my next point is. Do you think it's possible that the problem with the University of Miami is that the kids are not tough enough, these South Florida kids? I'll give you my example why I say that. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas last year ran through the entire state of Florida, blew everyone out of the water. Then they go up to New Jersey and get smoked by Don Bosco Prep for the second time in 4 years and don bosco prep doesn't have nearly the talent that st thomas aquinas has do you, do you see any validity in that statement
1: yeah i do i, I would agree with you i don't think that the that team has been tough enough the past you know few seasons um no question about it but you know, I, I just I don't see that type of personnel. To be honest with you, I really don't. Like, I don't see tough guys on the offensive line right now. I I don't think any you know I don't think any of them are. I wouldn't classify one guy on that offensive line as a tough, mean sob kind of like the way like Feliciano you might classify that way last year. Flowers could be tough at times. Um, there's just nobody there right now. You know, it, it's a position. That just has not been recruited well enough the last three years, and uh, they're going to pay the price for it this year. Unfortunately, I think you know uh, I'm I'm not very high on, on on what on what I see there.
6: Okay, I got one last point about the rivals rankings. Um, I've read their rank, the Lewis rankings, and their. IMG Academy had six of the top 33 players and rivals and got beat last week by American Heritage. So how accurate are these ratings when you come to
0: think of it?
1: Well, IMG Academy is interesting, and and I'm not going to profess to be an expert on IMG Academy. But what I think you might be saying is they might be a little top-heavy, you know, at at that school, um, it's a special school that pe- that people come to. They might be a little top-heavy with some great college prospects, um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, 40 kids deep, that they're any better than anybody else. And I think that that's what you saw uh, last week, and, you know, they got caught.
6: All right. Could you keep me on hold? Thank you for taking my call.
1: Not a problem. Thank you for being part of the show. All right. 646-595-2048 is the number, 646-595-2048. Again, if you want to speak on the show, um, go ahead and hit the number one on your keypad, and and, and it will prompt us and let us know uh, that you want to come on. Uh, let me attack one more question from our list submitted on the message board at canesport.com. Um, Mark Walton has been rumored to be impressing um, through the first few weeks of practice. Does it look like he could be a feature back right now, or is he more of a future project? Um, I'm going to say he could be a feature back right now. I mean, he's obviously going to be better as a sophomore and junior uh, than he'll be as a true freshman. But everything I've seen – suggest that Mark Walton is very much capable of going out on the the field and and, and playing running back at the college level and I think he's going to be a great player Um, I've seen him make a ton of plays in in, in the practice time that we have watched and um, so Mark Walton I I think gives gives you a lot to look forward to another question was if Kaya goes down to injury what can you expect? I mean I don't think there's any question that Malik Rozier um, gets the first shot um, but don't sell the seven Sharif's kid short. Now, um, you know he, he's he's very much in the Kaya mold. Um, just to me, needs to develop physically. He's very skinny. Um, I think he needs a year in the weight room. I'm I'm really hoping for his sake and the team's sake that they redshirt him this year. Um, but he's been one of the surprises of the freshman class and has done uh, extremely extremely well here um, in tra- in training camp. All right, let's go out now to the two two five where you are live on Kane Sport Live.
7: Gary, what's up man?
1: Hitler. Who's this?
7: Hey this this is Jason in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. How you doing hey, what's tonight?
1: Up, Jason, how are things up there in Baton Rouge? Uh, are they being nice to Mr My, They they being nice to Mr Miles?
7: No, not really. Miles get a hard time man, even though he win ten games. <laughs> but anyway <laughs> look I Look, man, when I when I got on listening to the um to the show tonight, man, something just sent off red flags to me when you said a couple of things. Sonny Adagwu, he is the starting right tackle.
1: It's insane. Isn't I it? mean, yeah, I, I mean, that's, I, don't, I don't remember him having a positive play last year. I love the kids. He's the nice. No. Kid. I love him, I don't, I don't, I don't Yeah. Every time he went on the field, it was a train wreck. They put him in for one play in the North Carolina game, I think it was, and he gave up a, a sack and he almost lost Kaya for the year on that play. And, and then on, on
7: top of that, they let him get in on special teams. He was yeah. like one of the upbacks. He couldn't. I mean,
1: look, he, the eight
7: was, seconds he was, that he was on the, he was on the field,
1: the bounds and making boneheaded plays on on special teams. I mean, now <laughs> he's starting to play tackle. I don't I don't understand it. Uh, you know, we we can't get a straight answer. And today, I uh, we I mean we spoke extensively to Casey McDermott. I tried to get it out of him, and uh, you can watch that interview on on com. I tried to get it out of him. We, you know, what's up? You know, what's Sonny doing? Why? Are, you know, because I think you know, to me, Dermott should be the even even though he's not much more experienced. Um, well, but right now, it looks like Sonny's the starter.
7: Well, I I can say this though, Gary, if you if you really think about it. Number one, if you're not an Al Golden guy, meaning that you don't say what he wants you to say, you don't act a certain way, you don't do all the little nuances that he likes, if you don't do that, you're in trouble. You're going to get on yeah, the bench. And you, know that. you know that if is you
1: don't all do that. that. No, 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 no. Listen,
7: right. But listen to what you said earlier. I didn't even know that Casey McDermott said that he didn't want to be there. He wished he would have left. Didn't you say something to that nature? Or you can correct yeah. me if
1: I'm wrong. Yeah, he he said that he made that comment that last year the the mood of the team was so you know kind of up and down and and not what you'd want it to be that there were times that you know he didn't even he, he didn't feel like being there you know all that right he was, right he was hurt and things like that you know he was going through his own things he's, you know yeah but 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 yes but
7: you that. know that
1: Al you know Al
7: gets wind of all of the negativity he gets wind of that because he's he's an individual. People say that all of those things that, that's going on around, you know, the universe, all the negative things, he can say that he don't want to hear, he'd block it out, but he's human. And he, I'm sure he got wind of Casey doing that. And now no. Casey is, uh, in a sense, in a sense, when you think about it, though, um, Gary, Casey is in the doghouse with a lot of other people that don't say and do what Al Golden wants you to do. If you don't, I don't
1: do it. I, I don't think you're wow. right. I don't. Think All right, well, look at this. I don't think he's in any doghouse.
7: Okay, well you don't want to call it the doghouse. Let's just let's just say this then. He is not going to get the top. I mean, he's not going to get first dibs at at the position because you know he didn't. He haven't said. He said the wrong thing. I mean, if you say the wrong thing, think about it. All the players that that Al has had in the past that he has kicked off the team. They generally said the wrong thing that, you know, Al is totally against. you got to say all of the stuff that, that everybody's saying now, oh, we're a family, we're a team, we this, we that. You, if you don't say that, man, you're in trouble. I mean, think about it. Let me man, just no, say I this. It, I,
1: I, I, I mean, just being honest with you, I think you're reaching a little bit there. I don't think okay, that
7: that's okay. Really true. Okay,
1: well, let, yeah, think
7: about go ahead. this then. Go ahead. Think about this then. Do you, if you pay attention to Tracy, um, Tracy Howard's conversations when when he does his interviews, he has to slightly slow down and pay attention to think about what he's saying because he don't want to overstep his boundaries because he knows that if he say the wrong thing, he could possibly be in trouble. Be on the bench, he could possibly be on the bench because Al Gordon don't play with that. I mean, just 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 look at it. I mean, hey, if you don't say the right thing, man, that, and that's coaches. Best coach. it ain't just Al Golden. He's maybe he's a little bit more stern in that regards. But I mean, if, if you say the wrong thing, you are going to get on the bench. And I, I'm any, sure yeah, you've heard. The,
1: you I'm just sorry, said it. it that, you just said it. That's any coach. I mean, you know, that's not. You know, they, listen. There's things that are fair to pin on Coach Golden and Coach D'Onofrio or whatever, and anybody else you want to pin something on uh, that are fair. I think sometimes you know people out here can go a little overboard. I mean, okay. you know, every single thing they do isn't wrong. I mean, I I, I think okay. a, a lot of coaches try to control the the message that their kids are. um right. Yeah.
7: So let me let me let me just say this last thing right here. All right. Um, now, if you go and look at the roster, I'm just I just want to go back. If you go back and look at the roster, there's a lot of guys, some of our best players on the team as they either struggle in their second year or they're off the team. And those are the guys that generally have a bigger ego. The bigger ego type of players generally uh, are the best players. I mean, Michael Jordan, uh, Kobe Bryant, Randy Balls. we can just keep going. These are the guys with the bigger egos, and so the the players that get on the team, I mean, you, you're not going to get a lot of guys like Duke Johnson that's kind of humble and, and, and that plays well, but the bigger ego guys, He's either put him on the bench and and um, or kicked them off the team for whatever reason. Just think about that. Look at the roster over the past four years, how he has turned it over because they either did something, they didn't say the right thing, they didn't do this or they didn't do that.
1: Tell me Just one guy tell at me one r- guy that got the boot because he didn't say the right thing. I think you're reaching, man. That
7: that that he didn't say the right thing? The, well the, I can't, I don't I can't I mean,
1: think of one guy that got booted because he didn't say the right thing.
7: Well, himself.
1: well, what I, well.
7: What I'm, what I'm saying is, well, I, I, I wish I had the roster in front of me. I don't have I a roster
1: have, in front of me. Well, do me a favor. But, do but, some but research but you, on it. Let, let me stop you. Do some research on it. Call back next week. Okay. <laughs> I got you. I got you.
7: Yeah. And yeah, yeah, uh, look, you know, shout, out,
1: shout out, out to. Making, maybe, maybe you're making a legitimate point. I, you know, I just, okay. I just, I'm gonna a, do I, that.
7: I, I will I do, do make, that.
1: I don't think you are. So, so yeah, do some research. Call back next week. Right. shout out. So, no, appreciate you. All right, uh, 646-595-2048. is the number. Again, if you want to come on the show, hit the number one. Let's go out to the 484, where you're now live on Sport Live. You with us? Go on once, twice. All right, come on, guys. That shouldn't happen if you're hitting the number one. All right, let's go to the 917, where you are now live on live. How you doing tonight?
8: Hey Gary, what's up, BK Hurricane?
1: Hey, what's up, BK? How you doing this week?
8: What's going on, Gary? Uh, listen, uh, there's two things. I'm gonna keep it pretty quick. Um, you mentioned earlier that you were a little worried about our defensive backs being able to support the run. Mm-hmm. You know, like generally speaking, right? If you have your defensive backs making x so many or x amount of tackles on the field, isn't that more of a problem with um, you know the first line of defense and the second line because if running backs are getting to your third line, that's a problem.
1: Yeah, except unless they're running outside and you're relying on your cornerback to come up and make plays. And and you know I that, that that's a spot where I thought is they've been a little weak in the past. Um, right. You know I I I don't think the cornerbacks have been as good against the run as you'd like. Uh, I I think you know when you play your safeties as far back as they play them sometimes it's it's hard for those guys to make the impact you'd like for them to make. Uh hopefully, you know, they'll bring them up a little bit more this year. Rest, right,
8: so do you think that's more of a scheme issue as opposed to our defensive backs aren't being able to support the run as much? Because, uh, you know, like you said, t- they might be a little too far off the ball. And by the time y- you're looking at a running back coming at you ahead of speed, you're Tracy Howard, 200 pounds. <laughs> and I
1: mean, and you're thinking,
8: comedy. I got to tackle this guy?
1: It's probably a combination. I mean, I think they have safeties that are capable of impacting the run defense. I mean, when you look at Carter, when you look at Bush, Dallas Crawford is, is, is decent against the run also. I mean, so it's probably a combination.
8: Oh, okay, okay. All right, all right. You know, like, one last question. I'm not sure if it's more of a statement. It's more of a statement. Um, You know, like, I read the boards a lot, and today I finally took a good hard look at our schedule. Now, we either have a good chance of seeing a really good team or a very bad team, because we play. I think uh, five teams ranked in the top twenty-five. I think it is. I think it's either four or five. I don't remember. Yep. And I don't think. Well,
1: one I think of them it's... Say, I, and I don't think one of them is Cincinnati. And Cincinnati is going to be a tough game. No, to no. Happy. I know
8: we uh, Florida State, Clemson.
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, Georgia Tech yep. is ranked,
8: and I think one more ACC team
1: is ranked. Right. Um, let's know? see. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, no. No, not ranked in top 25. Oh, so it's um, three. Yeah, but then, you know... Florida like said, State,
8: Clemson, Georgia Tech.
1: Virginia Tech, Cincinnati, Nebraska, NC State are all right right, right under there. So, you know, capable okay, so. of being in top 25 at some point. So, you know, we'll see. All right.
8: Yeah, so, so I'm looking at the schedule. I'm like, listen, if we could just handle the teams we got to handle, then we should
1: be... <laughs> generally speaking, we should and be Okay. I mean, it's
8: yeah, if we can go two and three, you know, against that long stretch, you know, I think we'll be okay, but this is where I have mixed emotions.
1: I mean, I'll I'm we'll so disgrunt- more in into the schedule next week, but I, I yeah. think once you get past the first two games, every game's going to stand on its own two feet. I think they right. can, I think every game on the schedule could be won and, and, and it could be lost. And, yeah, right. I'm, you know, it's going to be a week-to-week deal, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm so
8: disgruntled with, you know, Al Golden. Like, in a way, I kind of... I always want Miami to succeed and Miami to win, but I'm so disgruntled with Al Golden. I just don't want him back next year under any circumstance. Well, you know, like I'm afraid that if we um, hit I, I ten wins, it'll be because everybody else sucked just as bad as we did.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I think I think some other people probably feel the same way. But I think the results of the season are going to speak for themselves.
8: Oh man, yeah, I, I, I really don't know how to feel about this season at all. Like, uh, you know, I'm,
1: hey, don't, I'm, uh,
8: don't I'm, I'm going it. back and forth like a woman going through menopause, man. One minute I like him, <laughs> next minute I hate him.
1: In eleven days, you know, they, they're gonna, they're gonna play out right before your eyes. That they're gonna, like I, I say it all the time. I know I sound like a broken record, but they're gonna stand on their own two feet and they're gonna speak for themselves. And there's not gonna be, and it, the only way that there's any ifs or buts is gonna be if the team wins eight games. And then, right, do and, you, then and, and then the pressure is going to shift to Blake James at that point. All right, do,
8: you, do you think I'll go – I know he feels the pressure. I know he's – you know, he can't avoid it. You know, I'm not from Miami. I'm from Brooklyn. But, you know, I'm pretty sure everywhere you go in Miami, either somebody's talking about the Hurricanes or you're reading about it or you're watching it on TV and things of that nature. This is – do you think he has a sense of urgency knowing that if he does not, if he does not succeed or accomplish a goal that the, uh, that the stakeholders of Miami, you know, are looking for that his career or, as a FBS college coach is probably over.
1: I mean, I don't know that he looks at it that way, but do I think he feels the pressure of the season? Absolutely. I mean, how could he not be a human being? Uh,
8: right. Uh, I mean, I mean, do you think that if he does lose at Miami this year, like he will get another shot at the FBS level, or he'll he's pretty much?
1: I think he's gonna have to uh, earn his Youngstown way back.
8: State going forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he'd have to earn his way back. When you fail at Miami, you're not very well thought of in the athletic director community. Uh, look at Randy Shannon. Look at Larry Coker, and where they landed. You know, right. you have to earn your way back, and Randy's earning his way back. I don't know that he'll ever be a head coach again, but he had to go to TCU, then he went to Arkansas, and now he's at Florida. Um, but he had to make those three stops after getting fired. Here, Larry Coker had to go take the, the job at Texas San Antonio, a place where they didn't even have a football team. So, and right, that guy, team isn't bad considering what they're working with. That's a coach that won the national title. Okay. So, yeah. you know, you don't get it done at Miami with all the talent that, that people know is down here, and, and you know, as a base. Uh, you're not very well thought of in the athletic director community in general. All right, you yeah, so, so, so. guys No, that's
8: all. That's about. all. I just want to keep the lines open. Can you give me on hold?
1: You got it, man. Hey, thanks for being part of the show. I'm sure we'll talk to you again next week. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight uh, let's go to another call then I'll attack one or two or more of those questions uh, let's go to the two three nine you are now live on kane sport live. are you with us? going once, twice out of here, all right, let's go to the nine five four where you are now live on kane sport live
0: hey gary, how you doing
1: doing good who's this?
0: this is uh b unit nineteen eighty seven
1: Oh man, that's uh, have
0: yeah. been posting a bunch long. on the board. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I had so, I had some questions, but you already touched up on them. You know, I wanted to ask about you know red shirts and the depth chart and all that. But it seems like you know Golden's just pulling his typical. You know, I don't got an answer and
1: run yeah, off to a an evening type. Maybe deal next, maybe next Tuesday. Uh, maybe we'll have a yeah, depth chart. Next yeah. Time.
0: But, you know, that kind of – I mean, what players do you see this red shirt and as of right now? Because,
1: I mean, I, I know you're at almost all the practices, so you got to – you talking some about uh, true, uh, true freshmen? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, let me pull yeah, the list up in front. in front of me here, and I'll get, I'll just give you my opinion based on, sure. you know, what, what I've yeah, seen. Yeah, what you've seen, um, yeah. Exactly. I'm going to go down it real quick, and I'll say, I'll say you know, yes or no. Lawrence Cager sure. uh, could go either way. I'm, I'm hoping mm-hmm. he red shirts. Ryan Fines, definite yeah. redshirt. Uh Tyler Gauthier could go either way, depending on if they need him of the freshman O linemen. He's one of the furthest ones along 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 with uh St. Louis. Uh they would probably be the first two freshmen to play if they get that deep. Um Jamie Gordner, um, not sure what decision they're gonna make on him. He's one of the ones um that could probably help them a lot on special teams. Um, we'll see. Uh Terrence Henley, I gotta believe, is gonna redshirt. Um, I personally think he was a recruiting reach, uh, two-star kid in Rivals, and I I don't think they should have taken him, but uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I think Michael Jackson will play. I think Jaquan Johnson will play. Um, Jahair Jones, uh, I think is struggling a little bit. You know, they but they might need him in a backup role. I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah. James James King, uh, I'd like to believe he's going to redshirt. He's way undersized. Uh, the one thing we don't know is if they'll decide to use him for special teams. Same thing with Robert yeah. Knowles, um, out of Edison. Um, Brendan mm-hmm. Loftus, to me, offensive lineman is nowhere near ready to play. Um, same thing with Hayden Mahoney. i got to believe, unless they have massive injuries on the O-line, that those guys will redshirt. Uh, Richard McIntosh, I have to believe, is going to redshirt. They don't need him this year. Uh, same thing with Bar Milo. I would think he would redshirt. Um I think Kendrick Morton will play. Um I don't think Scott Patch is ready yet, but I, I know that um you know, according to one of his relatives that's on the message boards, he expects to play this year. I'm not sure where that one's gonna go. Um I think they should redshirt Scott Patch and if I were running the program he would be redshirted. Um but I don't know what's gonna happen there. Uh Charles Perry, undersized linebacker. Uh, I don't think he's ready unless they decide to use him on special teams. I would think he would redshirt. Uh, I think Sheldrick Redwine will play. Um, I think Evan Sherefs will redshirt unless there's injuries. Uh, Tyree mm-hmm. St. Louis I think will play. Mark Walton I think will play. And I think Jerome Washington will play. Um, All right.
0: Yeah, that sounds uh, pretty fair. That's pretty much what I would, you know, pretty much when I'm looking at the list, I pretty much agree with almost everything you said there on that. So. Um given that uh going back to the the last caller not last caller, but one of the previous callers talking about the fourteenth ranked defense. Um, I I just I don't even think that I mean, I guess the stats but you know, put it that way, but uh that's not the fourteenth ranked defense. No, I mean I, that's no. not even a top fifty. I mean if you take out the I, I, Louisville game, Nebraska, Georgia Tech game, you know, the second half of Florida State, Pitt game, then maybe there were the fourteenth ranked Virginia? defense,
1: but Virginia the only game? good
0: game they had was uh, Virginia Tech. That's the only good game Duke,
1: uh, defense They played a good game. Yeah,
0: game and, Yeah, they did. They played and North Carolina, against North
1: Carolina. They played a they played a decent game against North Carolina.
0: Yeah, but those are teams and, that, you know you expect
1: yeah to no, play exactly. very good. They, you know, and they played they played pretty well against Cincinnati. Cincinnati had some success. Yeah. They they held those guys considering that those guys were a pretty good offense. They did an okay job in that game. But mm-hmm. yeah, against the monsters, the, the, the really good teams they played last year. Yeah. You know, that was, got a, that was not a yeah, top just, defense, I agree. Yeah,
0: exactly. Absolutely. Um, okay, one last question here. Um, I remember you are talking about someone who got kicked off the team recently. Um, you know, I don't know if it was for saying something, but it was one of the offensive linemen. He left. He said he was going that, somewhere
1: Taylor else.
0: Taylor Yes, yes. That's who yeah, I was he, referring but that,
1: to. But that's not why he got kicked off the
0: that's, team. Okay, and then what about Ray-Ray I mean, I was thinking about, you know, previous players that like Golden hey, kicked off. I remember Ray Ray Armstrong got uh, kicked
1: off for basically having correct. a dinner. Yeah, but I wouldn't say that, that he got kicked off because he said the wrong thing or anything. I mean... Yeah, he just probably wasn't a, know, a Golden guy. That's how mean, of the I'm, program, not, I guess. But uh, I I think having said guys, all of that... I, I think well, sometimes like, you guys get a little bit reckless, man. You know, just... I yeah. mean, I, I understand people are frustrated with the guy. But yeah. I, I mean, and yes, he has not done as well as anybody one, yeah. wants him to do. So but they, yeah, one and two, yeah. But you guys get you guys get a little reckless sometimes with your language. Absolutely.
5: You know, gold, I mean, golden yeah, guy,
1: and, you know that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, yeah. the, the Penn. The, the, you know, wants to turn the team into Penn State, and you know, I don't, yeah. I, I don't buy into all that stuff. Yeah, know I think he wants the best for the program,
0: but you know. I don't know if he's the best for the job, but besides all that, um, last question on, and uh, basically that's uh, you know what recruit um, in this 2016 class um, sh- that you know not already you know verbally committed, but uh, who should we be going after right now? Like the number one recruit that's not verbally committed to Miami. Oh,
1: who would man. you want to see? Just... Like
0: out of the five stars, if we could pick just one, who would we go
1: out, after? Out, out of the, we got five the 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 rivals 105 stars?
0: Yeah. I mean any, I mean anyone if anyone in the area like in a position of need I I would say you know if we could get the best linebacker that would be you know my ideal you know pick. But I mean that's just I, me. here's what I, here's I, what I wondering. will
1: tell you. Here's what I will tell you, okay? And we could go one by one through the rivals 100 or or, or whatever yeah. but there's one kid in the Rivals 100, that's committed to Miami, and that's Sam Bruce. And, and I'm not sure that there's another one in there that they have a chance no, to get. No, there's not.
0: There's not right I now. Yeah, I was going to say not. there's
1: it doesn't look okay. like okay. it at all. So that kind of tells you where Miami is right now in recruiting at the national level. It's it's not it's yeah. not it's not favorable now. Yeah. You know, I don't think you would turn down any of those five-star kids. Okay, they're all Absolutely. good players. Yeah. Um, no, I was going to so say I, is uh, I,
0: I've I posted on the uh, IMG like, Academy thing. They recruit better than Miami does at high they, school. You know, the well, IMG Academy's know, got more players, better players than Miami roster.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could go through it one by one on all those five star kids, and I could, you know, yeah, Rashawn Gary, well, I, not tackle, that, yeah. I mean, the kid's a monster. Okay, Dexter Lawrence, yeah. a great. Deal, you know, I mean, they're all good. Exactly, yeah. Right so middle, I guess
0: right you, you can't really course. just name one. Okay, I gotcha. yeah, yeah, you can't one. Okay. All right, well, right. enjoying the show. Uh, keep me on hold. Talk to you next week, Gary. Have a good one. You got it,
1: man. Hey, thanks for being part All of right. it. Absolutely. All right, um, going back to another uh, another question or two real quick here. Four weeks to the first big game, what are the positions of most concern regarding depth? and in my opinion where can we least afford injuries um i think without question that that would be uh offensive line uh linebacker um would probably without question be the be the two biggest spots where i don't think you can afford injuries and you don't have a lot of depth um what can you expect from special special teams we touched on that um and and talked about how uh they're really just getting heavily into who's going to be on the special teams uh, because of, you know, you have to make decisions on who's going to be in the roster. Um, Does the lack of experience on the offensive line mean that the offense will spread the field, um, maybe maybe go to the shotgun and exploit the skill players' abilities? Um, I think that's a logical strategy that they could evolve into because of that stated uh, inexperience on.